What's up, everybody? This is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Men, and this is Project Nerd. Hello, Project Nerd Nation. This is Dane Michael for Nerdcast, and we've got a very special episode of Nerdcast. I'm here with Ladios Muhammad, who is the star of Prudence, which is uh, Rudy Womack's horror short, which has played at Tallgrass Film Festival that Project Nerd covered, and also at the Nederland Film Festival in Colorado, which was on November 6th. And um, first of all, welcome, Ladios. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us. And um, I do, do want to let everybody know to stick around because... We have a interview that we conducted from the live stream booth at Tallgrass Film Festival with Rudy. And it's about, uh, I think he was there about 35 or 40 minutes with us. So um, he was chatting us up and having a great time. Um, so that will follow this interview. But um, first I want to ask you, because I just watched Prudence for a second time. Okay. Um, I want to ask you how you found out about this project and um, what basically what led you to this. Oh, wow. It was, it was totally divine intervention. Um, my friend, uh, he's also a colleague of mine. He moved to Atlanta and we're both theater backgrounds as well as film. And so he sent me a, hey, there's an audition. Someone had forwarded to him because they thought he was local um, to, to him to see if he knew any actors, female black actors, and he forwarded it back to me. And so I submitted that way. And uh, uh, everything is history. I mean, <laughs> I get. I guess I nailed it because uh, Rudy did. He loved the. He loved the audition tape, and uh, I did some extra coaching to make sure I'm doing it right. I had my friend look at it. I was like, wait, wait, should I do it like this? So that's how I, how I learned about the project because I think he sent the auditions to um, theater uh, casting agent. You know, theater casting directors uh, versus film casting directors. What was he looking for in terms of the? Uh audition because there is um it's a wordless film i mean almost <laughs> wordless i would say yeah um for prudence's part anyway um so what was he like looking for and what did you know about the story when you were auditioning for it did did you read the whole thing did was the script presented no <laughs> when you <laughs> when you audition you get a you get a side and usually sometimes the sides are either in the script or they're not but um I I just knew it was something that was a horror horror story and it was kind of witchy, and um, he was looking for someone um, who thing the thing about film is you you need to be able to act without acting, not and not necessarily using words. Whereas theater is the opposite; it's big. So whatever I did, I touched on the the facial expressions and the details of what he was looking for. And someone who's definitely flexible. Because <laughs> he was he was amazing. We we had a meetup after I booked it. And he came and um, we had uh, coffee and we spent an hour. And he was like, I just want to let you know, we're going to be filming in 30 degree weather in the snow. And I was like, whoa. And I had to walk barefooted. And all that's real. That's real snow. Um, so well, I was going to ask um, because there's. There's times when it looks like it's um, when she's walking around when she first leaves the house. It looks like it's falling like so perfectly that I'm like, is that like CGI no. snow? That but was snow on the ground. That I was don't CGI know. snow where I never well, it was real ice. <laughs> they put some ice and made it come down. Okay. But that was real snow on the ground, and okay. we were filming like 
what is it, 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning in the snow. And he was just amazing. So he'd be like, okay, get her boots on. <laughs> it was so cold. But um, it, it was it was a it was a very uh, nice challenge to see, you know, to take my acting level to the next level of, you know, of just blending in and, and conforming to that character. The character wasn't thinking about snow. There was very minimal dialogue and I had to look like I'm not cold and I was freezing. <laughs> <laughs> my feet were like I, I literally before we started training about a month, I would go to um, the parks because, you know, it's still cold in the in the streams and put my feet in the water to see how long I can handle the the cold water hitting my feet. But it still was cold. <laughs> where was this? Uh, where in Colorado was this film? Oh, geez. You know what? I'm so sorry. I don't remember. Mm, it's not far from here. It's probably a couple hours from Denver, maybe an hour and a half. I'm so sorry. I don't remember. But it was a so historical yeah, we, well, it wasn't in Denver. It was outside of Denver, about about an hour or so. And it was um, we were at a historical location. So the cabin that we filmed in was a real cabin. It was not staged. That was real authentic cabin. Everything was authentic. The the it, but it's um I think it's a historical place that he got, and uh, it was amazing. And I was like, oh my god. So. Um, yeah, it was it was definitely way colder there than it was in Denver <laughs> that night. So, so that kind of thing had to like, I mean, the authenticity of the cabin had to, I mean, make it much more easier for you, I guess, to put yourself into that role. Because it's what, like 1893, I think, is the setting yeah. for this. Um, yeah. Cause- well, 1893, but, but I don't want to spoil anything, but that's, um, um, we can... <laughs> I mean, everything in the cabin was originally built. I mean, I think there was like a, a a bear rug or something. I was like, is this real? This real fur? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Not that I'm vegan or anything, but I was like, oh, my God. These are real animals. I mean, everything hanging up. It was it was amazing. It was so amazing. So are you by chance a fan of or have you at least seen um, some of the original episodes of the the Twilight Zone series from the 60s? Oh yeah, I was, okay. I was definitely a fan of the Twilights. Okay, uh-huh. um, so what I like about Prudence, and um, it definitely has that element. It has that element of even if we're um, Rudy to expand the story, I think mm-hmm. it could become like an episode of the Twilight Zone, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I loved about it. Um, but uh, even the even starting out in black and white, you know, um, the photography, it just it just has a feeling and. Um, for the viewers out there, if you like the episode with Agnes Moorhead, um, who was a staple of Orson Welles' um, mm-hmm. acting troupe, uh, it's called Nothing in the Dark. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a wordless episode of The Twilight Zone. And I forgot to ask Rudy, um, because I hadn't seen it at the time that we interviewed him, uh-huh. um, but I forgot to ask him if he was at all influenced by that or if he's seen that, um, because there's some great parallels between Prudence and Nothing in the Dark. So, That's- um Interesting you said that. And and I'm and I'm not sure if I'm crossing over. I feel like it's Twilight Zone or it could have been Alfred Hitchcock, but I did I did I know I'm thinking it is Twilight Zone because I did mention this to him when we were discussing the film and I said, This reminds me of an episode, and I believe it's in Twilight Zone, where this woman goes into a it's a little bit more dialogue, but it was she goes into a jewelry store to purchase something. And then she goes to return it because it was broken. And it kept, 
they were like, go to this floor, go to this floor, go to this floor. Oh, um, and then come so that find- is the after hours. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? So <laughs> she I'm was like- a... Uh- Oh, spoil alert for everybody. Yeah, I don't want to really say it, but you know, She was a mannequin. She was a mannequin. And then I was like, this, so you, you know what I'm talking about. It reminds me of when she, she found out she was yeah. a mannequin. So yeah. So, you know that. So, so that we, was, uh, we Anne Francis was in that episode. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's yeah. So I was right. It was twilight. And I was, he was, I was like, did you see that? So I, <laughs> I don't know if he's seen it, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Cause it was like, huh? She didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Yeah, so the one that I, I believe the one I said was Nothing in the Dark, but I think I got the episode wrong. Um, the one I'm talking about is called The Invaders. Mm-hmm. And it's like a woman who lives by herself and she hears noises um, in and around her home, outside mm-hmm. her home. I'm going to give the ending away because it's not like a huge spoiler, but there's yeah. like these tiny little astronauts that are like invading her home <laughs> in like a spaceship like the size of her her palm, you know. Oh so. my goodness. She's hearing <laughs> things, huh? Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Really cool. That. Um definitely I think anybody can look at a lot of elements of horror movies or sci-fi movies today and say, you know, Twilight Zone is the Twilight Zone could have been the influence for that, or it just could be because Twilight Zone covered so much ground that that's just a coincidence. But you know <laughs> my understanding was uh, it, it, it was a little bit, he went a little bit more in depth, like um, about historically. Cause I said, well, why did you want specifically a black woman? And he said a lot of the history of there were um, black settlers and cowboys, uh, African-Americans, cowboys and, and settlers that really resided here in Colorado, which I, I knew. And so they're not in the history. And so he wanted to kind of focus on that. Now, why he went, the direction he did without the <laughs> spoiler alert, yeah. that might be Twilight Zone. But, but exactly. it's all like for me, it was, I like all that stuff. So this was my first horror short and I really enjoyed it. I, I love the the the, um, the research he did and everything that he did, you know, was significant. It wasn't just, oh, we're going to make a horror film. It was very significant, you know. Yeah. Awesome. I I see in his future maybe directing some of Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone. uh, That was so cool. (laughs) And I love I love Jordan Peele. I love him. And you can you can star in his uh, next episode. So (laughs) fingers crossed. Well, I'm hoping honestly, just speaking with Rudy, I'm like, are you thinking about making this a full feature? Because this would be amazing. And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. So I would love to see it fleshed out. Yeah, that would be. I would too. That would. I I mean, there's just so many ways you can play it. And so, yeah. yeah. Um, So aside from potentially working with Rudy again, which it sounds like you would be happy to do. Um, Are there any other projects you have upcoming that you'd be able to tell us about? Yeah, right now um, I am working on an independent film. I can't tell you the name, but I am, it's, it's a investigative film. Um, And I have two plays coming up, one called Sorted Lies. And then I'm doing a one woman show about uh, Merle Evers. So we started the tour in 2019, but when the pandemic, we were going to go coast to coast and out of the country to Ireland worldwide and uh, the pandemic uh, delayed it. So now we are starting all over and we um, do our first performance since the pandemic, no, um, sorry, December 3rd and 5th. Super excited. It's about a historical 
incredible trailblazer female, Merle Evers, who was the wife of Medgar Evers. Okay. And actually um, he was assassinated um, and it took 30 years before they vindicated or, or they convicted the killer. And the only other um, performance ever done on Merle Evers, by the way, she's still alive. She's in Los oh. Angeles or like in Southern California was when Whoopi Goldberg did it in um, Mississippi burning the burning Mississippi burning. I think it was called. Oh, Mississippi burning. Mississippi have you, burning. have you seen, um, or has she seen the performance? We've been trying to get her team to get her to see their performance. So we are, after we launch this one, we plan to try to get this in theaters or, you know, stage theaters in okay. California. And we have been trying to get a hold of her team. They approved the, the you know, they approved it. They said it was fine, okay. but we just haven't gotten her to come. I have been, we've been emailing and everything. So it's been amazing. So that would be a, a total thrill for it would be a thrill. I, I want I her think. to do it so bad. And, you know, so um, I, I, and, and we, we approached it a different dynamic because she was a very reserve, very um, polished woman. Even when the day she found out that her husband's murderer was convicted, she was just very reserved with her being ecstatic, but we're showing this kind of totally different angle of her just not holding it together. I mean, you know, the inside, the emotions. And so mm -hmm. it was very informative because she went from being an activist to a politician. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. So uh, what, where is the first um, performance? Going so to it's going to be here in Colorado at okay. Christian um, Denver Christian Bible Church. Um, this will okay. be the second time we've performed there. In fact, the first time we've performed in Denver was there. Um, so we're going to bring it back and we're doing two shows. Um, we partnered up with Emerge Colorado, which is a nonprofit organization which trains women of color on to be on the ballot to become democratic politicians. Um, so, yeah, awesome. super excited. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, and then as far as uh, Prudence goes, did you happen to attend the Netherlands Film Festival? I know that was in person this year. Uh, was that the one in uh, Long Island? Um, the one that was just on uh, November 6th on this past Saturday. Uh, no, I didn't attend that one. Okay. I, I did attend the one in Longmont. I wanted to oh, get okay. to the one in New Orleans and I uh, missed the one in, in LA. They've, they've had so many. <laughs> yeah, he's taking it every, like when he, uh, when he approached us at Tallgrass, he had his little card that had, you know, the Prudence card that he made up. Yeah. Um, promotional card. And I was like, I know this because um, your actress who plays Prudence wants us to, to interview, um, interview her. So yeah, here we are. And um, I was like, well, we're going to interview you too. And great. So, awesome. So how was it? How was the film festival in the Netherlands? Was it a big turnout? So I didn't. Uh, so I'm actually in Iowa. So I oh, okay. was not able to make it out this past mm -hmm. weekend for that. Um, I believe it is a small town. Okay. And a single theater, but I, I've heard that it's big. That's what one of the other interview interviewees has told me. Yeah. But um, so I don't know. I guess yeah. we'll have to hear from some others. Uh, but. Well, maybe we'll get to Iowa, huh? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure Rudy isn't done promoting this yet, but no, he does, he does need to make it into a feature. So that's what what yeah. I'll try and talk him into next. So do, and I'll put a buzz in his ear too. 
<laughs> well, thank you for your time. And it's been um, great chatting with you. And um, where can people find more about you, um, social media and so on and so forth? Sure. Everything is in Ladias Muhammad. I'm on Instagram, on YouTube, also on Facebook. Um, I also have um, my website, with, which is uh, valorliving.org. Um, okay. If you want to sign up on my newsletter, you'll know always know what's coming out. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you again for your time. And don't forget, folks, stick around for our interview with Rudy right after this. Thank you. Coming in. First guest. Awesome. First guest. Let's, let's do this. How are we doing this? Who's Who we have? Well, I know this guy. Scoot, no. I know who this guy is. Oh, you got to come in. Join us. Right. Rudy. Do I need to switch my <laughs> Rudy. 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 This is how you welcome Rudy Womack. Hi, everyone. Good Hi, to be Rudy. Here. <laughs> so you've got a film called Prudence. I do. Yes. In the festival. It's in the... Um, is it in, in the, the horror shorts yeah, it's competition? Yeah, horror slash bloody shorts is what it's called. Although mine's not bloody at all, but fits the horror category. When is that block of uh, films? Uh, it's tomorrow, Saturday uh, at 545 at Groover Labs. Excellent. So it's right up the street from here. Tell way, and we were talking about this. I know most of us uh, you know, live in Colorado but you have a really good connection in your movie to Colorado. You want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah. So we actually filmed in Fort Lupton, Colorado. So oh. it's about 30, uh, about 30 minutes north of Denver. Uh, there's a very interesting place up there called the South Platte Historic Society, if I got all that correct. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's quite interesting. They do a lot of reenactments. They do a lot of uh, preservation work for historic buildings and so on and so forth. So if you actually go to their property, they have a fort, they have a school from the early 1900s, they're uh, rebuilding a barn from the 1800s, and uh, we shot at a cabin which was built in the 1850s or thereabouts, and so the, the cabin is period accurate, all the stuff inside of the cabin is period accurate, so... It, uh, it it made one heck of a location to shoot in. That's all, is, is this your first time at Tallgrass? Yeah, this is my first time here. I, uh, I've been wanting to come to this festival for quite some time, so it's quite a privilege to actually be here, especially with a horror film, because I know it's such a small little block, so it's kind of hard to get in. So right. I, I, was, I was pretty excited to be here, yeah. Um, what's your, give us like your one sentence slug line for Prudence. In the winter of... 1897 prudence hears strange chanting outside of her cabin oh there you go oh. <laughs> i mean so you've been to festivals before then oh yeah of course okay. yeah you I've, made it, you know, you made it like, oh cool like, i've been wanting to come to tall grass but you you've done other festivals yeah i've i've been doing films since you know i was yay tall um so i've been to a lot of festivals uh most recently, I was at Dances with Films in Los Angeles, oh, so yeah. I was very excited to be at that festival. Next week, I'm going to be in Utah and Provo for FilmQuest. So right now, I'm just kind of deep in the festival run. All with Prudence, or do you have other stuff out? All of it with Prudence, except I do have a film that's playing in Texas that's a family drama about a dog, <laughs> and that's in December. So is that a full feature or is that a short as well? No, that one's a short. It's called Chippy. It's 
literally I shot it in my living room with my dog. <laughs> so it's complete. It's the exact opposite of prudence in every possible way. That's fun. <laughs> now I'm curious. About Your dog's name Chippy? Yeah. Okay. All right. It's like she she wouldn't respond to anything else, so we we're just like, ah, fine, whatever. <laughs> That's what it's gonna be. <laughs> Tell us about your involvement with the Wyoming Film Festival. Yeah. Great. Um. So. The Wyoming International Film Festival started by a man, uh, his name is Alan O'Ashey. And, you know, he, he was there to champion, you know, up and coming filmmakers from Wyoming. I'm originally from Wyoming, so that's why it's real near and dear to my heart. Um, but Alan has retired. He's moving on to greener pastures. And he was just kind of going to let the festival go. And I was like, no, you can't do that. It's so important. You know, filmmakers need a voice. Uh, they they need a place to connect with other filmmakers, other creatives. And so graciously, Alan allowed me to step in. So this is actually going to be my first year's executive director of oh, the wow. film festival. And we're, we're already making some big changes. We changed our venue to a larger venue to accommodate a bigger audience. We expanded from a two-day festival to a three-day festival now. So we're going to allow more films in have more filmmakers. You were talking about documentaries. We actually partnered with the International Documentary Association. See, that's Very awesome. Nice. So <laughs> we're, we're trying to champion nonfiction filmmaking. I as love well. it. Yeah. And we're, we're really moving forward. So I'm, I'm very excited to be doing that. Where in yeah. Wyoming does that take place? That's in Cheyenne. Cheyenne. So it's the capital. It's only two hours north of Denver. So y'all yeah. should uh, drop in. <laughs> no, no, we, we talked last night. I believe you, if I recall correctly, you said you were also a ranch hand at one point. Yeah, I worked at uh, Terry Bison Ranch for a little bit, which was grueling and terrible. <laughs> we're still fact checking all of this. Like, no, I'm sorry. Like, respect, but everybody works at Terry Bison Ranch at one point or another. It's like a rite of passage if you're from Cheyenne. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like that's, that's the next documentary it's, that's not yeah, fiction. It's either that or you work at one of the fireworks stands that's right across the border. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a documentary, Ranch Hands Turned Filmmakers. Yeah. So yeah. it'll be like about you and probably John Ford, I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I think that's what we were talking about earlier, guys. Like, I, you know, the biggest thing you know, we we went to the gala last night. Yeah, so saw an fun. amazing tag that said filmmaker, and we started talking. And it's amazing how that little conversation can lead to so many more things here at Tallgrass. And it's it's really incredible how people who are kind of from one region don't run into each other, but they go somewhere else, like Tallgrass, and they meet up. I love that kind of stuff. Well, I absolutely love that. I want to bring it back because you, you said that this was one that you've you've been wanting to come to. Yeah. So you've known about this festival. Yeah. I first found out about it actually when I was in film school. One of my classmates had played in this. God, man, this was back in 2013 or so. So it, it was quite some time ago. Uh, one of my classmates played in this festival just would not stop talking about how great this festival is, all the people, all the wonderful filmmakers, and of course, the films themselves and the quality of them. And so ever since then, it's been on my radar, and I've I've really wanted to come, so I'm so lucky to be here. Is, is it living yeah. up to what, what, oh, what yeah. you've been told? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the fact that there's so much hospitality, the fact that like right now there's a panel of producers going on. Right after yeah. this, there's another shorts block. There's two documentaries and then there's a couple of narrative features playing on later on like the schedule is just so packed there's an it's, incredible it's daily live stream yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. for example <laughs> for example <laughs> 
No, this is my first time to ever come to this film festival, too. I mean, they, these guys have been coming for years. This is my first time coming, and I'm blown away by it. Yeah, is it I, living up for you? Oh, yeah. I'm super oh. excited to see how the rest of the weekend plays out, and it's really been fun to just chat with people. And well, it's also your first film festival as ever. Well. Yeah, I've never been so to a she's film never festival. Been to like a, a it's all downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started, I I started with a good one. This is my first ever film festival as well. Yes. Really? So. That surprises me, actually. So, you're such a film buff. All other film festivals that I attend are going to have a lot to live up to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. you hit it right. Like, I think the biggest thing we, we've always appreciated is the, is the volunteers. Yeah. And the community support and the engagement from the community in this area has been amazing. The gala last night, we were, okay, so were we at the Botanica or the Botanical Gardens? This Botanica. For me. All, all I know is I got <laughs> stuffed in the back of a car and wound up at a party. So, Whoa, you know. I hate when I mean, that happens. <laughs> <it's a great laughs> we, we talked about it. It's like there's Botanica. And like, listen, I, I couldn't understand what was listen, going on last night. Listen, it's a botanical gardens okay. that they call Botanica. Oh, so that's the name. It's of like it. a fun name for the botanical You gardens. didn't see the big sign when you drive I in that says Botanica, Botanica. And I might have crushed like a few trees that are. It was. I feel bad if like it, it, you're gonna it, say it, it was dark. We're all hanging out next to the one tree that had a light. Yeah, under it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except I felt like I was around a campfire with a flashlight under yeah. my face. I was like, this can't be a flashlight. It, it was an "Are you afraid the dark?" kind of like <laughs> night when we were just gathered there. Carrie, Carrie, I gotta tell you, I was pretty certain you were gonna say. I might have crushed a few beers and couldn't remember it. Oh, yeah, that, that definitely <laughs> well, like, that hey, also happened. That was later. There was a lot of Stella coming out last night, and I was really appreciative. So <laughs> it was so cool, though. But it's been it's been awesome. And you, you talk about this festival and what this festival does, you know, for creatives. I had to ask like the other day, like, when did we shorten it to creatives? <laughs> it used to be like there were like creative people. Now it's just like the. Every like tagline is now created. <laughs> Carrie brought this up last I, night. I, I feel like because multimedia and everything has expanded so dramatically, especially in the last like three decades in particular, you know, it, it used to be if you were an artist, you you had one discipline. Now I feel like most artists have to have multiple disciplines and they also have to have some kind of business acumen that's true in, in order to get their artwork out there in order to make the connections meet the right people so on and so that forth so i i feel like creatives is kind of the i don't know catch all for all of that kind of yeah. an umbrella for everything that's underneath it yeah, yeah. i mean especially you know i i work as an editor as a day job and we even we even kind of break it down in the business of who's doing like the admin and who's doing the creative, you know, because yeah. the, the admin runs the business. They're the ones like, you know, finding clients and doing budgets and all the, the stuff. Boring that's stuff. terrible. <laughs> the paperwork. Industry term. Oh what yeah. Oh, this yeah. isn't just somebody that, Hey, he's a creative. This is an industry term that is used all, all the time. Like even sitting down, like editing and everything. Sometimes you'll have the creative editor with the creative director and then you'll have like the post team or the ad or, you know, the technical guys who come in and they're like, make, make all these cuts that we just yeah, like told you. Make, to make sure it works. <laughs> you know, it, it, it will play in Germany as well as, you know, the Philippines, as well as Canada or wherever we're sending the video off to. Yeah. So you're totally right though. You can have all the talent in the world, but nowadays you have to have an expanded skill set oh, that absolutely. does include business you know, as part of it, you have to have that analytical sort of 
to get anywhere because it's very it's so competitive too. Oh, absolutely, and it's it's getting even more competitive. Yeah, I mean it, it's a double edged sword. That also means we have more avenues to get our work out, to meet people, to collaborate, so on and so forth. So, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll take the bad with the good any day. Yeah, I'd rather be a yeah. filmmaker now than. 40 years ago. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. It is. But that's a good point, though. There are a lot more avenues and channels for exposure now as a filmmaker that were probably more difficult, you know, yeah. 50 years ago. Well, I mean, even this right now, like way back in the day, you would have had to have a radio license and, you know, invest $300,000 in gear and so on and so forth to do broadcast. Oh, Iggy it, did. It just... Yeah. <laughs> $300,000 It's still... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. He didn't need him. I told him not to apply for him. <laughs> you didn't want me like, wait, you don't have a radio license? You couldn't just put it out there? Like, <laughs> yeah, you had to go to class and learn how to do Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, that's what, like, you know, we, we've been talking about this festival. All of us, you know, I think most of us know, like, we're all volunteers. We all do this out of fun. Yeah. You know, I mean, how did, how did it start for you? You, know, you said you've been in the industry for a while. You've been an editor. How did the, the whole entertainment scene start for you? Oh, man, I have the best story ever. Um, <laughs> so when, 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 when I was just a little kid, uh, we were actually living in Casper, Wyoming. And this was back when newspapers were still a thing. <laughs> I've um, heard of those, yeah. And uh, there's this big headline that Hollywood is going to come to Casper and they're looking for extras and so on and so forth. And like, I got really excited. And I was begging my mom, can we go see, can we go see? And they were shooting like way off in the prairie, like two hours away from the town or something. She was like, no, I'm not driving out there. And I just, I wouldn't stop pestering her for a month. And finally she was like, fine, we'll go and see. So she takes me all the way out to a place called Hell's Half Acre to see a Hollywood movie be shot. Oh. And that movie was Starship Troopers. No. <laughs> wow. Really? <laughs> What a great experience. Is, it, is that why Casper Vandine was in it? Probably. Was <laughs> is that where he got his name from? You know what? I have never made that connection until this moment right now. And it's kind of blown my mind. <laughs> wow. And then so, like, of course, I wanted to see the movie when it came in. You know, they were in post-production forever on that film. And so, I don't know, I was like 8, 10, something like that. Uh, when the movie finally came out again, I was begging my parents, I want to see it, I want to see it, because we went to the desert and we shot, you know, we see them shoot the thing. And they're like, no, it's rated R. It's a too pretty low. hard R, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> really hard R. So they just, they wouldn't let me see it. They wouldn't let me see it. So one night, I'm hanging out at my friend's house, and his parents had rented it on Blockbuster, right? And so I waited till like two o'clock in the morning and snuck down into the living room nice. and like rewound <laughs> the tape and like dialed it to like like two or three on the volume. You're like set, next like to really the television. close to it and just scared the shit out of me. That is awesome. I, I think I've heard a good amount of stories. That you definitely have one of the coolest I, ones that I've heard. I, I got addicted I mean, you to got, you got an, like You got an MPH yeah. reference, right? Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> yeah, there Starship you go. Troopers. Right. And you said prairie, which I think we skipped over. You had to go to the prairie to, the prairie. Yeah. to like be watch it being filmed. I mean, that's Wyoming for you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. It, and then it, it, from there. Oh, I, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, you know, seeing all the guys in costumes. I mean, there was a million trucks out there. Of course, I'm a little kid. I didn't know what any of that was. I'm just like, oh, my God, it's a Hollywood movie. Oh, yeah. That's so cool. I was like, I'm going to do that for a living. So ever since then, that's that's what I've been aiming for. That's, that's absolutely amazing. Where did you go to film school? Uh, I went to Denver 
at first. And then I got my master's degree in uh, Los Angeles at the New York Film Academy in Los Angeles. Oh, wow. So their branch. And then I went and got a job and learned I didn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think that happens to a lot of people in any discipline yeah, after that's, school. That's yeah. <laughs> then the real world slaps you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I'm pretty fortunate. I had a lot of good mentors along the way. I've, I've been able to meet a lot of good creatives good creative. <laughs> uh, and really just collaborate with a lot of very talented people, a lot of very knowledgeable people. And I, I really feel privileged, honestly, because there's so many incredible filmmakers and other artists and other people with incredible disciplines and that's also one of the reasons I love going to film festivals is you never know who you're going to meet. I just yeah. uh, at dances met a woman who's been a journalist for 30 years or something to that effect. Uh, started her career in Miami, then went to Buenos Aires. So she had an interesting story. She made a documentary. It was her first time as a filmmaker. But it was so interesting speaking to this person and getting her perspective because she has an entire different life experience behind her yeah. before she got into right. film. Yeah. That's an interesting take. Yeah. She, yeah. so she, she had never made films or studied I filmmaking. Mean, she be, just done beyond news reports and stuff right. like that, but nothing, you know, as, as she was describing with like character arcs or, or really focused on uh, that real interpersonal connection instead of just like blank fact reporting. Yeah. So yeah. it, it was quite interesting hearing her perspective and, and how she came along with that. So, well, that's inspiring too, for yeah. people who maybe have a really interesting background of their life, but they have never tried anything like filmmaking or something in that creative realm. I mean, that that's the thing that good art comes from your experience. If, yeah. if you want to make good art, go out into the world and live. Yeah. Make some mistakes, break eggs. All that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my mom. <laughs> that's go mom do it. and, and it's like the greatest like call to action is like, well, how do I do it? Well, go do it. Yeah. Go do it. Yeah. Right? yeah. And, and, and that's kind of the biggest thing that we've seen throughout these festivals and especially here. It's you know, talking to people, it's the experience. Yeah. And I think you know, we talked about initially in our introduction, it's it's interesting to hear how you know things finally get made. Like this is the fifth rendition of this. We've had to go back and re-edit it and for time and for different production we had to go back through the process but how was it like so are you doing you know you talk about creative and all the i love how you use discipline mm. i think I'm, I'm a big fan of certain word choices and, and being a you know when it comes to discipline it's it's you're having to do this consistently learn from it and continue to, to overproduce it but how did that work with prudence did you do everything for the film like did you oh, direct man. it produce it edit it everything or, or was it did you allow other creatives to assist in the process? I, I genuinely believe a film is always stronger when you bring in outside talent to help build something. I, I genuinely believe that's an important part of the process. That said, prudence. <laughs> prudence was kind of something I just, I, I didn't want to worry about uh, all the business side of it. I didn't worry about want to worry about financiers or studios or producers or, or anything like that. I, I kind of just wanted to go back to my roots and have fun. Yeah. Um, so uh, I, I had an incredible director of photography who's also one of the producers on the film, 
My wife is one of the producers on the film. Uh, I wrote it. I directed. I edited. But of course, I took my edit to people I trust and got and got a lot of feedback to make sure. Um, the most fun I had with it was... I, I guess costume design. I, I didn't build the <laughs> costumes. I mostly found stuff and kind of like patchworked it together. So I can't say I specifically designed it, but I've never really done that much with costumes before. So it was kind of a first time for me. And we did some pretty elaborate costumes with it. So cool. I, was, I was really excited to do that. And that's actually where a lot of my energy went to because it was completely new territory. For right. Me, and I was having a lot of fun with it. So <laughs> I, I love I love costumes. I love the whole costume aspect of movies and theater. Well, make sure you come come to Prudence because we have some interesting. Yeah. Costumes. <laughs> we, we, we have a character with like antlers on their head. Nice. We, we have someone with like a crown made out of branches. Oh, you like, like really went for oh, it. Like we, you just we went all out with the you costumes. crammed that's... a lot into that five. Minutes. Oh, yes, we did. <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> we we, we had some pretty elaborate costumes. How much did you have to edit off to get it to like a, a five or six minute chunk? Did, was it, did you produce a lot more? Or did you always go with the mindset that it was going to stay in that five to six minute or eight minute realm? So I was actually aiming for three minutes <laughs> and I failed miserably. Okay. <laughs> um, so it was actually uh, a little difficult to keep it under five minutes because once I got into post and started putting it together, I realized... I was not going to hit my original three minute goal. Right. And so I kind of took a step back and decided, all right, fine. I'll let certain moments breathe because I, I feel like it kind of helps with the atmosphere and the mood and so on and so forth. But I'm not going to go over five minutes. And I gave myself a hard and fast Ooh. five minutes, which was actually four minutes and 30 seconds because then credits, the credits, credits for yeah. 30 seconds. So um, it was a little bit of a challenge because I, I tend to overshoot things. If any of my actors ever who have ever worked with me are listening <laughs> to this, they're probably laughing right now because they're like, yeah, he does like 30 or 40 takes every <laughs> single time. So yep. like, we did it perfectly the yeah. first time and you kept going. Yeah, and I used take two. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's got to be such a challenge, though. I, I think about this all the time with short films. I think it's so impressive when a short film can have the whole plot and resolution and everything, you know, and you get the whole story in a five minute span. I couldn't do it. I could never edit something there, like that. There's certainly an art to it. And mm. especially now that I'm on the other side of the fence when it comes to film festivals and I'm seeing a lot of submissions, I, I'm definitely seeing the shorts that can do it, as you described, tell a full story, beginning, middle, end, have a character arc, everything, stuff all of that in a 10 or 15 minutes mm. or whatever it is. Like that's, very difficult. There is an art to yeah. short film. And to make it not feel like you crammed too much yeah. in and rushed it. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. A lot of filmmakers will try to pitch a feature with a short. I'm definitely guilty <laughs> of this myself. Um, so what they end up doing is they try to stuff a feature oh, film in gotcha. 15 minutes and then it's just it's a mess. So it's it's one of those things when when you go to make a short film, you almost need to if you have a bigger idea, forget it and just focus on that one small moment or scene or whatever it is and yeah. just try to make that as successful as possible. And, and I'll be honest, like I'm not, you know, I mean, obviously you're, you're the EP of the, the Wyoming film festival, yep. right? Yep. So is there a, a category or a difference in the categories depending on how long the short is? 
or so, is there a reason to keep it short or is it more the storytelling? What is it about the timelines that uh, as it relates to a film festival? So every film festival is different. So there's a film festival up in Sheridan, Wyoming, and they have a category. It's called like the Goldilocks category where it's like it's too long to be a short, but too short to be a feature. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> and so for that festival, they will welcome 30 minute, 40 minute long shorts, which for most festivals kind of don't really fit in anywhere. So there, there's uh, there's uh, not say rules, but there's uh, a set of criteria on how to what films can be submitted yeah. into a short category. Yeah. So okay. for the Wyoming International Film Festival, we accept short films up to 25 minutes is what we do. The exception being Wyoming films. So films shot in Wyoming, we will allow those to be 30 minutes or okay. so. Because now with things like Netflix and Hulu and all this stuff taking off, it, it's it's becoming a little bit more predominant that you're seeing short films turn into pilots right. yeah. for television shows. So we are starting to open up the doors for that. We don't quite have the infrastructure yet, but mm -hmm. it is on the horizon for us to start accepting pilots and whatnot because – People, instead of trying to go make an indie film now, they're trying to make an indie pilot to get picked up for something like Netflix. Right. The because, whole purpose is a little different yeah, now. Yeah. Because all these streaming services now, they don't want a movie. They want a show that they can get their audience to binge eight hours, nine hours, so on and so forth, and then cancel it after two seasons because that's what they right, do. Right, that's what we do. Hey, <laughs> which one are we talking about? Which one? All of them? All, yeah, anything, anything we enjoy. I was saying if Squid Games gets canceled or oh, they don't do a second like, season, like, I'm, I'm going to be very mad. Or if they end it like, did you watch Squid Games? I, I have not finished the last two episodes. I got to episode seven right before I left. I'm about to ruin it for everybody. <laughs> do you not, guys are, no. I just watched the yeah. first episode. Like, did you really? Two, two I, days ago. So. Did you? I have not watched it yet, but it has come up so many times this week. I, I don't get it. Like we, we were here two years ago and it was Parasite, right? Like Parasite took everything by storm. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, learning the backstory and some of the stuff. Now it's Squid Games. That's the most watched Netflix. I don't show, get it. Like, I, I honestly it, don't like watching wait, it. Like I don't ever, know ever. what the really what the attachment is where everybody gladiator match. That's what it is. Is that what it is? I mean, it's like the best way to think if, if, if you think about it, like the, the idea of a uh, deadly game, like something for saw or hunger games, or even if you go all the way back to like Spartacus or something like that, there is something primal, I guess, in human storytelling where we just like to see, two contestants fight to the death. That's a good point. Reason. People, Human beings do gravitate <laughs> yeah. towards these plots. It's something in our nature, I guess. But we don't see it. Like this is like, how many of these kind of things have you seen in probably the last, like say five years? I mean, you talk about gladiator. That's the one that everybody references. Yeah. Cause, and then maybe Spartacus or something along those lines. But outside of that, what has been that I mean, medium since then? 10 years, hunger games hunger for sure. Games. Which, Oh yeah, Battle, Battle Royale. Royale. I didn't even think of that. What's, what's Battle Royale? It's a manga that was adapted. Is it? Is it an anime movie? Is it uh, anime? No, no, it's live action. The, okay. The adaptation's live action. Yeah. Rated oh, R really? Hunger Games. Okay. I, I'm in. Right. So <laughs> apparently, there's a lot more than I initially thought there was. It's a bunch of side so, gladiators. <laughs> that's what it is. I haven't seen Maze Runner, but isn't it in like that same vein? Yeah, a little bit, like a, a deadly puzzle that they have to overcome. And I think that the way what Squid Games did different is, I think, in, in some of the ones you're talking about, they they didn't really have any say in it. 
right? That they were, I'm sorry, they did have say in it, right? Like they could volunteer, they could do whatever they were drafted in, but now this one, they're active participants, Yeah, right? They have to sign up for this. Yeah. They had multiple chances to walk away from it and they, they went for it. Yeah. I mean, they, they signed a paper and everything. Did you, did you do the, uh, the currency conversion? I have did. you done that? I did. Yeah. To see like how much they win. It was and like stuff? 80 and, bucks at the first episode. Yeah. That That's like what they win they in US, US dollars. 80 bucks. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's like, well, it's like 45 it's billion one. It's like 100 billion one. <laughs> yeah. Man, but it's Sometimes like. Sometimes people are hard up. And, it's like, it's like $40, $80 <laughs> in, in US currency. <laughs> I feel like I'm willing to die for that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, it was, it was so great. But I, I love it. I, I've been a, a big, huge fan of all the mediums. My, my uncle asked me the other day, like, how do you watch this stuff? And my, my question always is, how do you not? No, There's no, so no. much content, which is awesome. Like, I have, I love as, as Aaron just coined the phrase, right? Brain popcorn. Brain popcorn. <laughs> it's a new, it's a like new. Relax, and it doesn't have to be necessarily. I still try to figure it out in my head, but I, I like it. Like I'm just like, oh, you're you're just detaching. I always call it the on and off switch. You turn your brain off and watch something. Mm -hmm. Unless you're watching a documentary or, or, or something else. But right. when you're maybe tired and it's been a long day and you've been thinking all day and you kind of just want to put something on that you enjoy. Maybe you've already watched it a few times, too, so you don't have to think too much about it. Brain popcorn. So what's your go-to, like, guilty pleasure? Well, right now I'm re-watching Battlestar Galactica for, like, the 500th time. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a TV show? Come on. I'm sorry, man. Like, I try. Okay. You, you bring out some Marvel or some DC stuff. It's, I might, but. It's early 2000s. It's kind of when the golden age of television had just started. Uh, it it was on cable, so it was on Sci-Fi Network. So it still has a, that that tune in next week kind of a feel mm. to it, without a doubt. Um, but it's, it's the remake of the 1980s version of it. Okay. Uh, but it's just really good. It's really good until like the last couple of seasons. It, it did Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones. <laughs> it, it was like really, really impressive. And then the last season or two just kind of fell off a ledge. Game of Thrones <laughs> in space. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Game of Thrones in yeah. space. <laughs> a little bit more intriguing in my opinion. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've not actually watched Battlestar Galactic. I, I, I Maybe I've seen like one or two episodes with my with my parents, but we... I've never. I'm with you, Carrie. Yeah, There's a lot know. of things where I'm I like, know. I know that it's popular, and I have heard of it. I was more of a Sequest fan, <laughs> oh, you know. Nice. So I, you know, going back <laughs> old references. I love it. Some of that stuff's being re-released, which I'm actually really a, a huge fan of. I tried to watch Saved by the Bell again. Oh, that was those, old uh, old Zach God. Morris's trash like YouTube things has ruined me for Saved by the Bell. Saved by the Bell. I have yeah. not rewatched. I watch it Bell. all the time. Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Oh man. Well, because he's doing Mark Paul Gossler's doing the podcast with the guy from. Um, Zach Morris is trash is and he really? he's watching the episodes for the first no time kidding. ever so so he doesn't remember filming any of them or anything oh, so it's geez. just like getting his take on this and and they do they do like right a lot of wrongs from the show when they discuss it They're okay like, Okay, the parts that didn't so, age too so well. So they brought in like um, a Native American for the episode where yeah. running Zach is what the episode yeah. is called. Yes, um, I forgot about that They brought in a Native one. American guest on the podcast and like got his take on everything. So yeah, I mean, I think that's important. There is a lot of stuff that didn't age well, not just in that show, but in so many shows from I'm, the 90s. My, my <laughs> wife just watches Friends just oh, again man. and again and again. Oh, man. And as great as that show is, man, there's some parts on it's like, Damn, dude, that yeah. was on TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. My wife always watches Seinfeld. Okay, like, we, that is one that I could never. I, I, I love Seinfeld. I love like a yeah. bit of a laugh track. 
Yeah. When it is every five seconds, there is a laugh track. I can't do it anymore. I think it was just so that was just how it was back then, too, that I didn't even think about it. I mean, now if I hear a laugh track, it throws me off a little. It is weird. Now. It's a little yeah. weird now. But it's like Kramer enters this like the door and there's a five second laugh. I'm like, He's done this a thousand times, man. Through the door, right? And some, like, noodle, cool. and some noodling on a bass guitar. Right. A lot of that. Yeah. Too. It's so hard now because of all the content we get to watch. But is it so? It, would that be more of a guilty pleasure, or is it just some of the new stuff is just not as entertaining? I, I've everything ebbs and flows. I mean, it all depends on what's popular in the culture, what people you know think is hot, whatever. I mean, things change. There's, there's music that was considered incredible back in the day that when we hear it now we're like man this is really <laughs> bad synthy crap yeah yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Hey, <laughs> new kids on the block backstreet boys 98 degrees 98 degrees lfo backstreet boys is still touring. hey <laughs> I, if i, I were it. them i would milk that as long as oh, i could too yeah, absolutely <laughs> no I mean, judgment just because you're just because you were hot one day and you're not super popular doesn't mean you stop being an artist doesn't mean you stop loving what that's, you do and caring, that's a really know? good point though if you have like the peak of your career because you got really popular with one particular thing or you know it doesn't mean that you stop being creative later yeah, exactly i to keep doing it i recently tried to watch cry macho Turn it off after like 20 minutes. Okay. Did not like it. <laughs> but I was talking with some other people. They're like, yeah, Clint Eastwood needs to retire. And I was like, man, Clint Eastwood needs to do whatever he feels like doing. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think I'm ever going to stop making movies. It doesn't yeah. matter if I just make bad movies again and again and again. I'm not going to stop. It's what I but do. But making movies yeah. versus being in those movies are yeah. two different things. <laughs> also true. <laughs> I have no idea how someone acts and directs at the same time. It's Especially when they're... Oh, yeah. How old is he? 90? He is quite I, old now. I have no idea anymore. Like, I... When I watch him on film, it's the same face. Yeah. It's the same. It's almost like the same role. But his movies are some of the greatest movies oh. of the last probably five to ten years. Hands down. Yeah. Hands down. So I will still watch them, but I, I can't do... What was the drug? The mule? Couldn't watch it. Yeah, I couldn't watch it. Couldn't do it. One. Him as a drug mule. No, like, I didn't watch that The one. last one of his that I saw was... Gran Torino. I haven't seen one. Oh, amazing I movie. love Gran Torino. Gran Torino's so great. great. Sully is... Sully oh, really good. Pretty I good. forgot that was him. I yeah. did see Sully. Yeah, Sully is good. Well, didn't he do Richard Jewell? He did. Yeah. I haven't I really seen that. Oh, Richard, Jewell, Richard well. Jewell. I liked it too. Man. I cried. I'm not going to lie. You know why? Because Kathy Bates reminded me of my mom. Aww. Like she looked and her mannerisms were so much like my own mom that by the end of the movie, I was like falling. <laughs> I always forget the dude's name. It's, it's always like, is it Walter Paul Hauser? Paul Walter Hauser. I, Paul I always Walter get it wrong. Hauser. That dude was awesome. He was in Kingdom, which I thought he played an amazing part. He's always played like these little roles. He was in I Tanya. Yeah. As what as the I Tanya, he was awesome. Or whatever. But uh, his acting in that was probably like that whole movie and finally publicizing that this was a, a hero. Yeah. Like he ne he he passed away obviously before the film and everything yeah. and for but then finally get some notoriety for what he did and i grew up in knoxville tennessee so i remember the bombing in atlanta so to see that and the, the culmination of it and finally get some respect to this person and yeah. and the mom but that oh, was what probably they went like through one of my was favorites. awful it was awful and i do remember when it happened to you i think i was like 10 though or maybe nine like i was little and i remember when it was all going down during the olympics and stuff too in that movie um i think it was great that they 
showed sort of what I, I just get tired of all the controversy like you can never put out content anymore without there being some sort of controversy on the backside right the olivia wilde situation and yeah. the reporter and all of it it to me took away from richard jewel oh like, yeah because she because right? the reporter she passed away a few years ago right, right? and yeah. so her family came out after yeah. richard jewel and they were really angry about the way they depicted her I was fine with it. I'm like, whatever. Like, if that's what you take away from that amazing story is a reporter that did whatever, you missed the point. Yeah, no kidding. Right. The movie is called <laughs> yeah. Richard Jewell, right? <laughs> but I, I think that that's the big thing is like you were seeing some of these amazing directors. I've always been a huge fan of Tarantino. I will always watch anything that he puts out. Clint Eastwood is definitely one of those, but Sully was amazing. I Another story Sully, that needed man. to be told. Uh, one one people didn't watch was Trouble with the Curve, and I actually really enjoyed that. It it didn't do very well in theaters. Hey, JT, of, that was yeah. Justin Timberlake, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. JT. Yeah. Hey, baseball. Yeah. Hey, baseball. No, it was great, man. <laughs> I really thing? liked that film, and I feel like nobody watched it. Right. And the few people who did were like, ew, not great. It was great. a female baseball scout? Yeah, yeah. Who was the female lead in that? Oh man, I cannot remember. It wasn't Jessica like Biel. Yeah, you, you're you're gonna have to get on IMDb. I'm trying to. Man, I can I can picture it. Amy Adams. Yeah, Amy Adams. Amy, Adam. Amy Adams. <laughs> I love that. I mean, but you know, that's what like JT has been a big like. I love his acting. Alpha Dog, I think was his first movie he did, yeah. and it was awesome. Then you had him in. Uh, uh, Southland Tales, which I still don't. You talk about guilty pleasure. I've watched Southland Tales like five times. Nice, and I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> you, just, you know what movie he's in that I've watched probably twenty times? Trolls. <laughs> <laughs> Get back full circle. The Social Network. <laughs> the Social <laughs> Network. Oh, that's, oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a great movie. Yeah. Though. Great film. I don't know. Is it Friends with Benefits or is it the uh, the the oh, other with Mila one? Kunis? Yeah, <laughs> I've seen that one a few times. Yeah, that one. Uh, <laughs> Hey, JT and Mila Kunis, man. I like that's that's uh oh um don't don't forget inside Lewin Davis. What? I haven't oh. seen inside Lewin Davis. Why? We, yeah. we just watched that one. Why haven't that you? one was what, really good? What, what is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, Cohen Brothers movie about the um a very sad sack folk musician living in the village, played by Oscar Isaac. Really? Oh, yeah. Adam Driver's in it, Justin yeah. Timberlake, um Carrie Mulligan. Oscar Isaac's uh, F. Murray Abraham. In a Coen Brothers movie? Oh, yes. How yeah. have I missed this? It, <laughs> and he, he sings. He, he sings. does. He sings. Oh, that was funny. That and that's the one funny. where Oscar Isaac sings. He, he's a great singer and no guitarist. <laughs> no. Yeah, Adam Driver. Very deep singing oh. voice. In it. You have to see it. Carrie Mulligan sings in it. Oh, my God. It's, it's wow, so it's great. good. No, I had never heard of it. And he made me soundtrack. watch it. Yeah, it was hmm. so good. But it. It was very sad, and I was depressed when it ended. Like it made me just feel well, sad spoiler, the dude. whole time. I didn't spoil it. It's not like um, it's not like a movie that you like cry about though. Like right. it just gives just... you this internal sort of like just sadness. So but it's, it's a, a comedy. It's so a I, comedy. I want to get back yeah. to right. Like yeah. we talk about Sully, we talk about Richard Jewell. Do you categorize them as a documentary, or is it a, a, a fiction based? I mean, they're they're still technically narrative fiction no matter how close they're going to follow a story or not okay. but ultimately it, it's a case-by-case -case basis because there's a lot of films that are based on a true story that aren't even close to what happened right. yeah versus films that almost feel like a documentary you know they'll they'll do things that happen exactly as they did or or as reported by people and then you have films like midway 
which mm. again, nobody watched, but <laughs> it feels over the top. But there are things that happen in that movie that critics were like, oh my God, this is so over the top Hollywood. It actually, it actually happened. how it yeah. went down. Yeah, like there, there's one where there was a plane parked on the ship and some Japanese plane was coming in to do a bombing run and a crew member jumps in the plane and mans the gun on the back of the plane, shoots down the Japanese fighter and it literally cuts the plane in half as it's crashing into the ocean. And there was some critic who was like, oh my God, this is so over the top Hollywood. Right, it's too far-fetched. They yeah. shouldn't have. And, and then the captain of the ship like comes down and like promotes him on the spot. Nice. It feels like just overblown Hollywood. That That's happened. What exactly happened? as that That's is portrayed crazy. in the movie. Yeah, you'd have to put that in the movie. That, <laughs> I mean, that's insane. It's just when you're watching it, you're like, this is the most unbelievable right. thing I've ever seen. We've been so desensitized. Like, that's like, maybe that's whoever it, wrote yeah. that is a genius. <laughs> I would never have thought about that. We've oh, seen it's it. It's actually a real thing. No, it's not. Like, that would never really happen. <laughs> so I, I think it's it's such a case by case basis when you're when you're talking about narrative. But when you're talking about documentary, the exact opposite is true, where you have, in my opinion, a moral obligation mm -hmm. not to hype things up. You you need to be a little bit more earnest and genuine. Um, my wife is more in the documentary world, so I see a lot of documentaries. She's on two different docuseries on Netflix, and it's nuts, some of the vetting that they have to do to make sure every single detail mm. is correct like down to they're doing recree and one of the actors is smoking a cigarette and then they had to like call up all the real life people and be like did this guy smoke oh in real life hmm. because if he didn't smoke in real life they can't show him smoking a yeah. cigarette that's good to hear though that they put so much work into actually making sure yeah. the facts are straight though that's i mean like that's how it should be yeah absolutely if you're going to portray especially a real person you yeah. know I love it. I think uh, you, you said a moral obligation. I think of it as just integrity. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's the personal integrity you have to tell the right story and for the right reasons. And I think that's what, when you have that narrative, that narrative fiction, you know, you can have that. And we kind of look at it like, did it happen? Uh, my biggest thing was the the trial of sh the Chicago Five. Seven. 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 You know, watching that. I'll be honest, like Sasha Baron Cohen just ruined it for me. Really? really? His, his Chicago, his accent in that is so bad. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. Eddie Redbane like in his. Favorite. Okay, we need to replace Carrie from the story to me. Like this is a real thing. <laughs> and when you talk about like Sasha Baron Cohen and it, it's, I mean, it, it is, and that's where you go with the brain popcorn. If you if you detach, oh, I, I, I I'm a total Sorkin fanboy. Me too. And it, but I, I couldn't like like listening to Sasha Baron Cohen in those monologues or doing a stand up comedy. It took away from the story that I wanted to hear and wanted to know. Really? Right. I didn't need the backstory. I'll be perfectly honest. Like I didn't know what happened. So that was my first time like being exposed to it and like watching that as entertainment. I really didn't feel like I understood the entire story and what really happened. But the real Abby Hoffman was a firecracker like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he went maybe a little bit more over the top with it because he is Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a complete stretch. Well, yeah. so, this, so this is my thing, right? So uh, one of my favorites, I think it's the fighter, right? With Mark Wahlberg, yep, yeah, yep, right? Yep. Christian Bale. Not you, not when, you. <laughs> when you see like the, the behind the scenes or like after the movie and you see the two of them side by side. Yeah. It is the same person. Yeah. Right. 
them talking together, he's mirroring him pretty well. If you put Sasha Baron Cohen next to the real person, would it be a mirror image? I don't know, Abby Hoffman enough. To right. Know I, 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 I mean, there's way, plenty right, of documentary yeah. footage of him from the time that exists. Yeah, yeah. I you feel could, like, like I looked it up that. as soon as I watched it because I do like to look up the actual people. But, that, but that's not the thing, right? Is when you call it a narrative, that narrative fiction, my immediate thought after watching the content is I immediately get up and start Googling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me right? too. And try to look for, first, is there a real documentary on it that I can watch that gives me more of the integrity and the truth behind it uh, so I can really feel like that was a great replication or authentic portrayal. I love it when they show you in the credits, like the photos of right. um, yeah. the actual people yeah. or like newsreel footage or whatever they might have of, about, you know, the real. Yeah, that's always about Hoffman. what you just watched. Yeah, Kaufman, yeah I love Kaufman it when they do that. Kaufman wrote that. He wrote Steal This Book, didn't he? Uh, steal this one. Steal this book. Steal this book, or is it steal this movie? I think it was steal this book, and then I and think then they made steal this. They made steal this movie. Yep. I just remember that was my first experience of. We found that in the like library when I was in like Who elementary school. <laughs> Abby Hoffman. Uh, Abby Hoffman. Oh, the, the character, Barry, or yeah. the, not the character, the actual person. The actual person, oh, and yeah, it had all these. It had a real person that did those real things. It had all these like tips for like sneaking past the government and getting things for free and doing all these like it had all these so it was banned from a lot of places and stuff so the question is did you steal it yeah so i so i did not steal the book but i did try one of the things from the book when i was in middle school nice it had um what did, what did you try <laughs> it was so stupid yeah exactly <laughs> it was so dumb here's how you can get away with leaving your class so we figured out that if you if you mailed your friend a letter but you put your address as um if you put their address as the return right. address and then you didn't put a stamp on it, mm. they get the letter for free. So my friend and I would just mail each other letters all the time, oh, nice. putting the other person's as the return like, address. Did you guys live like next to each other though? No, it was like across town. <laughs> so dumb. And we're like, yeah. Hey, guys, your letters are coming a few days. <laughs> the first time that letter showed up in the mail, I was like, whoa. That actually worked. <laughs> That's crazy. We just overthrew the government. We just overthrew <laughs> the government. <laughs> wow. So Rudy, um, we have a minute left about, and I want to ask you one question, if that's okay, Carrie. Hey, this is all you, So man. we've talked about all of the people that you could potentially meet at uh, Tallgrass and other film festivals. Um, let's say you met the actor or actress with whom you would most love to work. Um, cost is not a factor. Their time is not a factor. Um, who is that actor or actress? Well, Jimmy Stewart's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. The living one, because I asked Greg Sestero the same question during the Q&A last night that he did. And um, he he said living or dead. And I was like, okay, doesn't matter. And his was Brando. So Jimmy Stewart, but who, who living? Man, that's such a tough one because there's so many actors that uh, I I would absolutely love to work with. Um, You know, there's actually a Bollywood actor, Shah Rukh Khan, and he's probably one of the most famous actors in the world, being that he's out of Bollywood. You know, India has an audience of, you know, literally like a billion and a half people. Uh, But he's... He's been in a couple of Hollywood movies, but usually really small roles. I would love to see him in a leading role in a proper Hollywood film. Uh, he's a phenomenal actor. So awesome. Him. He's like the Tom Cruise of India. 
So that's write a, something for answer. him. Yeah. <laughs> write something for him. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So obviously before we bounce out of here and get you out to your, your next thing, how, how, what's the next thing for Prudence? You said Utah, right? Yep. Provo, Utah for Film Quest. Okay. Yep. Is there a way for people to see it on, on a digital market yet? Or is it still just doing this, the film circuit I, and then i have to keep it off the internet so i can get into film festivals okay. but as soon as that is done um absolutely of course tall grass is doing virtual so yep. you can watch it virtually at tall grass oh. it's also at the uh, netherland film festival which project Ooh. nerd is coving yeah, and um, we're doing interviews for that and uh that is on november 6th so perfect that's awesome and look out for chippy yeah, I mean, chippy. <laughs> yeah, bonus thing. Hey, watch Prudence get chippy on the side. Hey guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much for hanging thank out. You, with yeah. us. For you hung me. out with us for a long time. That was, was, a, was yeah, so was cool. This is fun. You're, you're absolutely amazing. We really appreciate it. Again, we really appreciate you guys tuning in. We're gonna take a short break. We'll be right back with more exclusive content from the 19th annual Tallgrass Film Festival here in Wichita, Kansas.